1: Well thought out hockey podcast on the internet. You are sorry. It's just Crown Conversations with your hosts, Robin P. and James Nicholson.
2: Hello, and welcome to Crown Conversations, a very special round table party. Trade Deadline Edition. Joining me today as usual my co-host James. James Nicholson, thanks for joining me. But also, also very special guests, Ryan Dunn and Sarah Avampado. Thanks guys for joining us. Of course.
3: Howdy.
4: Again. <laughs> oh. Sorry guys. I am just as sleepy as the Kings at Trade Deadline.
2: Ooh, starting off with spicy. <laughs> I mean, eat early.
4: Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm okay with sleepy this time. Um, you know, I'm glad we didn't ship Villardi out for a recently injured defenseman. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy that we didn't give up any of the prospects where we're, we're just holding and hoping that, that they bust on through. Um, But guess who you're going to have to bust through? That's right. It's Blake Lizotte. Is it two or three more years?
2: Two. Uh, Yes, yes.
4: Yeah. No. I mean, uh, according to Twitter, Robin and Ryan have some opinions.
1: (laughs) Shocking. And do you have to bust through him, or can you just go over
3: him? It doesn't take much to knock him over.
2: (laughs) I have long said that Blake Lazat's theme song needs to be tub something. Chumba, chumba Wumba.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
4: I, Jay Fresh today did a, an infographic on Blake Lezotte. And really what the best part of it was was a response by somebody on Twitter. I think their name is like Buffy Chubbard or something, which <laughs> is just a very fun name. But their response was Cogliano Jr. And I've never seen anything more accurate to describe like Lazotte.
3: Really really apt, yeah. Wow.
4: Speaking of Andrew Cogliano, he goes from a very mediocre team to the best team in the league. And man, the Colorado Avalanche just wanted all bottom six players at the deadline. That's what they needed.
1: How, How? I hate them. (laughs)
4: <laughs> like I mean
1: them, them in Tampa Bay. Like how, like how do they keep getting? They can't keep getting away with this.
4: I mean, you are ostensibly like the fourth line for the Colorado Avalanche can now be Arturi Lehtinen, Nico Sturm, and Andrew Cogliano, and that is a team that will not score on you. But dear goodness, they are going to be such a pain in the ass to play against.
2: Yes, <laughs> they'll put your ass into the ice. Which Lazot is, you know, just his typical Tuesday.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah, but like, I don't. Blake Lazot is the exact player like a coach and a teammate loves,
0: mm-hmm.
4: where like just they're going to do their job no matter what. There is an absolute reckless abandon to Lazat's game. And like you said, he will get knocked down, but always get up again. And I mean, if you're asking for that from a fourth line center, that, that you couldn't want more. I mean, and do we really want Jad as our fourth line center? No. Probably not, you know? Um, do we want Alex Turcott as our fourth line center or Rasmus Kupari as our fourth line
0: center? Probably not, right?
3: No, I mean in the short term and again, like I need to make it clear, like I don't hate the deal. It's a little pricier than what I thought it was gonna be or should have been, but I mean we're talking about like two hundred thousand dollars against the cap, which is in the grand scheme nothing. Um I, I thought it was more curious the timing of ah, here we are at the trade deadline, happy rosters, you know, on injured reserve and this was the this was, this was kind of reminiscent. Of, it seemed like of the Alex at follow signing mm-hmm. last last year. I don't know. I I just thought the timing was strange. Um, more than anything else. Again, I'm not against them standing pat, but it just seemed like the wheels were turning, and then at the end of the day, nothing really happened except for yeah, Blake was last coming back for a couple more years, and I. I'm in agreement with, I think in the long run, you don't want to have Turcott or, uh, Anderson Dolan as your fourth line center. At the same time, you need to start getting their feet wet in the, uh, in the NHL again. That was really kind of more of, more of a head scratcher, not like, oh, what the hell are they doing this time? More of just like, oh, okay. Sure. I guess. Alright. It, it really wasn't an offensive, Signing, but it also wasn't like, oh my god, this is gonna. I don't know. I I I don't know what I really expected from Rob Blake at the trade deadline. I was I I either figured he was gonna do something crazy or nothing at all, and yeah, nothing at all. It
1: feels like it feels like with Lazat too. It's like okay, if like it's such a low risk, like kind of friendly deal that it's like if someone rises up and is even better in that role he won't be hard to move if they, like, if they need to. Like, yeah, the timing was a little strange. It's like, were you talking to his agent about something else? And we're like, oh, whoa, wow, we're here. Let's just get this done, too.
3: No, that was pretty much the same sort of vibe I got from it. It was, again, just kind of weird that I, kind of on what you said in regards to moving him, I'm not saying they should move him or they're going to move him, but... It did seem strange, whereas, like, this wasn't something that, you know, wouldn't have waited to the summer after, you know, you get to the, I mean, because the Kings are probably going to make the playoffs. And playoffs are usually when, you know, role players kind of elevate their game. Mm-hmm. We've seen it time and time again where a third or fourth line guy will break out a bit. And I don't know. I, I kind of felt like it was it was strange time, just. I don't know. It it felt like either Blake was going to have a big playoff, either play himself into a bigger contract or into a more attractive trade piece. So I don't know. It was just kind of, again, this is weird. I don't know. Not offensive but weird.
1: Like thinking about what you said about the playoffs, like I do like that they like, if he goes like beast mode for some reason, in the playoffs, like, well, great. Now you have this guy who just went totally ham against, you know, Vegas or whatever, and he's on a good deal. And, like, look how great this is instead of, you know, the the, the Brian Bickle treatment of now we're paying you a gajillion dollars because you had one good playoff run. Oops. Turns out that's not actually the player you are. Yeah. No,
3: I mean –
4: I'm just looking at the Kings roster right now and mm-hmm. their contracts. Like – Really, I think this was just the first RFA to be re signed because the Kings have a lot of RFAs after the season. Um, you're looking at Villardi, Kempi, Leah Sanderson, uh Lemieux, Movarar, Sean Dersey. There's a lot of guys have to figure out something to do with uh, Chaykev, Chaikev, Sodergrun. Um yeah, there's a, a lot of uh, Matt Villalta is an RFA. So, yeah, they're, Rob Blake has a lot of work to do, and I think this was just him just, okay, time to start getting to work and start shifting away at these contracts, maybe.
2: They also have seven UFAs, plus Carter's uh, 2.6 is coming off the books this summer. So, I mean, like you said, tough decisions have to be made. But at the same time it's kind of like, well, okay, this is one decision made. <laughs> you know when you have like a lot of things on your mind and you're like, Where do I start? I don't know what I'm doing. You start with the easy low key, <laughs> like, Okay, I I can do this. I want to keep like Lazat. That I know. Okay, great. Now we're now we're keeping Lazat. The rest can wait till the summer. Oh and Christian Willanon is also he's a UFA. I forgot about him.
4: How can we protect try? him at all costs?
2: <laughs> Superstar in the making. Well he doesn't count against their cap oh. right now. That's why I forgot about him.
4: <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean Yeah. The heavy lifting happens in the off season this year. Um you know, I, I have my fun little, like, internal conspiracy theory that <laughs> I haven't quite said, but like, I What's really that? think the Kings could, basing this off of nothing but Twitter interactions between these players, the Kings could go after Philip Forsberg this yes. summer.
1: <laughs> Give uh, Mr. Arpit and his friend. Want- exactly.
4: It would be Richards and Carter 2.0.
2: Yes. Oh, I need it now? You have no idea how badly I want this. Like, I legitimately was, like, I haven't signed up for any of, like, the hockey viz stuff, but I started looking at it. Yeah, but basically, I mean, it's, oh, God, if only, if only, if only. But, I mean, also, Predator's Twitter is like, slow your roll. Uh, even though our GM sucks at his job, like, he's going to get the deal done.
4: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. The fact that they didn't trade him, I think, is a really a, a good faith effort to re-sign him in the offseason. Um, I mean, who knows what can happen. Sports is weird. Weird things happen all the time. You honestly kind of feel like the weirdest thing possible would be him re-signing with Nashville at a certain point. But um, I think, you know, it was a little bit surprising that, the Predators didn't move him, but they did move a minor league defenseman to the Kings. <laughs> they did. In exchange for Braden Burke, who oh, exactly <laughs> uh, is a World Junior hero for Team Canada, and I believe is the son of Sean Burke, former Kings goaltender.
2: Any relation to Brendan and his family? Um, Tell us about this trade. So I
1: feel like putting on my AHL hat, um, this, so like earlier in the day, um, someone on Twitter was asking like, okay, what, what, you know, Rob Blake's not going to swing for the fences. We know he's not because he's Rob Blake, but like what smaller deals would you want to see him do or what else do you think he's going to do today? And my response was that I want him to make some moves to shore up the rain because yeah, the Kings are most likely going to make the playoffs, but of the Kings and the Reign, the two one the team that is most likely to have a lengthy playoff run and a legit shot at winning a championship is the Reign. Sorry to the Kings, but you're not there yet. Um, but as we know, all of the Kings' defensemen are dead, so they had to take all of the Reign's defensemen, which has left the Reign with like what, like Cameron Gaunce and some children and ECHLers, and it's no surprise that the rain have been on, what, like a three- or four-game losing streak, which is their worst losing streak all year. So they got uh, Frederick Allard from Nashville. He's a He actually finally made his NHL debut this year. He's an AHL mainstay, uh, has been basically a, a fixture on the uh, Milwaukee Admirals, on the uh, Nashville's AHL team. He's not flashy. He's not going to, like, score you 100 goals from the blue line. But, you know, whenever teams talk about that, like, you know, we want the guy who's hard-nosed and hard to play against and whatever, um, he's that guy. And, you know, is physical but without taking a bunch of penalties. He's good on the four check. He's just irritating. Um, And as someone who watches the Milwaukee Admirals, like, 12 times a season, um, I'm glad I don't have to see – the team I cover, play him anymore because he's really annoying to play against. So veteran experience, uh, you can remove one of those ECHL guys that you brought up on a PTO uh, and can kind of help to hold the fort down until any of the, like, other children come back from the Kings.
4: I mean, we also saw Marcus Phillips get shipped out Mm -hmm. today, um, which I was really sad about. Uh, I always liked Marcus Phillips, I thought he changed his whole development path um mm-hmm. and, and his last year or two of juniors in order to accommodate what the kings wanted of him, and there just was not a role for him anymore and I hope he he went to Winnipeg right
1: mhm to the moon yeah.
4: yeah I hope he mm-hmm. he does great with Manitoba and yeah,
1: yeah, he just feels like someone who like just kind of got pushed out of the king's like depth chart you know if they hadn't gotten so many other prospects who jumped over him yeah i think he could have had a future but i, I think he's a, he's a decent depth player for a team and um you know the kings have certainly made deals with winnipeg before at the ahl level kind of um and i think the change i think the change of serial will, will do them both well uh the player the the kings got in exchange is another kind of veteran defenseman hasn't really done much at the nhl level but has been again kind of a mainstay for the moose um also not a big scorer but you know <laughs> the rain have so many other people who can score goals i don't even care if their defensemen know how to score like whatever martin well if they send back martin Furk for the playoffs once the kings are done um who cares <laughs>
2: I still wish that he would get more time in the NHL. I really have not seen anything wrong with his play to send him consistently back to the AHL. Just bring him and Gabe Bellardi up, they'll be fine together. They'll make it work. Like don't split them up because that's Gabe's that's Gabe's security blanket, as Sarah said, but um, <laughs> like they do really well together. I don't understand this, but I'm I'm not a coach. I'm just an armchair GM.
4: So, speaking of armchair GM, what do you guys feel like was maybe the best trade
3: on trade deadline day?
2: Um, can I just say this uh, Datanov situation with Vegas? So, we're recording this Monday night. And at the time of this recording, uh, Vegas is blaming Ottawa for the Datanov. Okay, for those who don't know, uh, Evgeny Dadanoff was traded to uh, Anaheim earlier in the day pending a trade call, and they had, like, 33 calls in the queue at the time of the deadline, which is nuts. And then it turns out several hours later that apparently Dadunov does not want to go to Anaheim, which is really funny, Um. Because he has, like, a partial no-trade clause, like, 10 teams on his list. Anaheim was on that list. He is adamant that it's not his fault and he doesn't want to go to Anaheim. And so now this is a PA issue, and it turns out that um, Ottawa didn't disclose this when they traded Dadanov to Vegas.
1: (laughs) Oh, Ottawa. One of my um, fellow podcast hosts over at uh, Locked On messaged me, asked to kind of pre-plan for a show later this week. And she's like, I know what we're talking about. And my response was just the gif of Marie Kondo from the, her Netflix show that just says, I love mess. Um, this was not by far, this was not even, this is a trade that is happening maybe, but it certainly is the funniest trade that may or may not have. It's like Schrodinger's trade. Um It's definitely the funniest thing that's happened today.
4: I, for one, liked the deals made by the teams who pilfered the Anaheim Ducks. (laughs) And I think uh, Hampus Lindholm going to Boston with Anaheim retaining salary was very, very good for Boston. And especially Ricard Raquel uh, Mm -hmm. going for two guys who have not quite worked out with the Penguins, as expected. Um now Jeff Jeff Carter has a very good shooter on his wing.
1: Yeah. There was like a brief rumor for like 2 seconds that um cuz there there was something saying that like two Pacific Division teams were working on something and it, it appears to, that have turned out to be the whole Vegas Dadnov Ducks thing. But there was a, a rumor I had heard for like one hot second that the Kings were actually looking around at Ricard Raquel, and I was like, that would be insane. Do it. It would make everyone so mad. But this is also very funny.
4: (laughs) Yes. Um, Man. And then Fleury goes to Minnesota. And uh, I think maybe one of the most fun things with today is that Toronto did not get a goalie. (laughs) They get Mark Giordano They get Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell Who I think are good players Who they they need help on the blue line They need You know guys who play hard
2: Today's trade deadline Was kind of wild And and that's not really a pun on Minnesota's team It's just like Everything happened Kind of like all at once Yeah I don't. And it
1: all happened when I was in, like, a meeting for work. Um, this Like, usually, historically, I would take off trade deadline day, and I would take off free agency day from work um, back when we did Jewels from the Crown because I, I was like, I know I need to, like, cover this nonsense and whatever. So I, was, I just took a vacation day, and I wasn't able to do that this year. Um, I actually had to, like, give an hours-long training on how to be a good manager. <laughs> and so I'm giving this training, but I'm also, like, peeking at Twitter every so often while I'm asking people to, like, share their thoughts and opinions on, you know, the case study I just asked them to do. I'm looking at Twitter to be like, who just did what? And it all happened, like, literally while I was giving my presentation.
2: Sarah's over there, like, uh, discreetly checking her phone, being like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Um, pretty much. Yeah, so thank you for your thoughts on this. What? The Vegas Golden nice did what? Flurry went wear up with the <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and um back to our presentation today.
0: Pretty
1: much, pretty much.
2: Fortunately I was working
0: from home. I didn't do so. that, so I'm a good employee. <laughs> yeah, I mean I just help my boss make more money. You know, I don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't I'm not selfish
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take today off because I was like I don't know. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, it's the trade deadline. Yeah. Who knew that like the first four hours of tri- well, for me it's the first four hours because it's like eight to twelve. Um, first four hours of the day would be like nonstop crazy. And of course, like right when everything was going down, that's when a couple of my clients were like, "Hey, hey, mm-hmm. no, I, I need you right now." Like, i like, "No, I, I, I'm busy. I'm scrolling on Twitter." Okay. This <laughs> is clearly crucial. Exactly.
4: Oh my gosh! I mean, okay. Was there any trade or transaction that you guys really thought were head scratchers? Like, what even the point was that?
2: Um. Oh. Um. Boston. Um. They got they they traded Zach for Josh Brown. And it was kind of like, mm. okay, I mean, Josh Brown's not particularly good. Finishing didn't fit in their system, and he wanted out. So, like, okay, whatever. But still, it's like, uh, Sweeney, what are you doing?
0: To be fair, they all said that when you
4: drafted him and Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> well, That's Matt Marzell true. and Kyle Connor were on the board.
2: And probably Um, the most famous, well, most infamous Boston-related tweet now lives on in history.
4: It was never. uh, They re-signed Jake DeBrusque for two years.
2: Yeah, but I think that's more like a long... See, I think that's more related to the Hagel trade. um, Because everyone saw what Tampa was willing to fork over for Brandon Hagel and then lost their collective shit.
0: I can
4: see that, especially okay. Now maybe you lock them up a term. Now you don't maybe have to worry about the qualifying offer mm-hmm. as an RFA. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm really surprised I didn't see more from Vancouver. Um, they mm-hmm. they sent out Tyler Mott to New York. They brought in Travis Dermot, moved out uh, Travis Hominick. I yeah. I mean. It, Everything felt very inconsequential in a way. Um, well, I mean, and they're a team that, you know, until very recently had been installed in red hot.
2: Well, moving out Hammonick was a little bit less of a of an inconsequential move so much as the fact that very delicately players were saying that they hated his guts. <laughs> Where'd he go to?
4: Well, yeah, there's that. Ottawa, uh,
2: I think. Ottawa,
1: I think. And the whole deal with him was that they wanted, like, because he was on, like, what the Islanders, and then they, like, the Islanders basically were like hamstrung because he wanted to go back to Western Canada,
2: yeah, because of like mm-hmm. family
1: stuff. And now what? Western yeah. Canada's like, nope, toodles.
2: He's not vaccinated, and so that, like, at the beginning of this season, that was a really big deal. Because Canada has different rules in the U.S. And so the fact that he wasn't vaccinated, it, like, kind of left a sour taste, I think, in everyone's mouth in the locker room. And there was something else that went down besides just him being delayed because of his vaccination status. I don't think we'll ever know. But there was something about him personally that kind of rubbed them the wrong way. I also know Seattle bad.
1: getting rid of like half of their team. Like, who's going to play on the Kraken like tomorrow or whatever?
0: Me.
2: <laughs> do they have a farm system? Ryan. Ryan is.
1: Right? Like, they know they don't get a second expansion draft, right? Like, they've just <laughs> got to make do with what they've got.
4: <laughs> I think they've contracted out, uh, like, split the farm team at the AHL level. You know, we're waiting on the Coachella. Firebirds to get going.
2: Yeah, that'll be next year. Um, Allegedly.
4: Yeah, I. Yeah, I. Whatever. I I think Jim Rutherford is now trying to pack pedal from his expansion draft. Be like, actually, Vegas did do it right and traded for all the draft picks. Okay, we have
3: to do that now.
4: Um. You know, I. Wait, no, it's not Jim Rutherford. There.
3: It's Ron Francis. The other one.
4: Ron
0: Francis. Yes. Thank you. Guys.
4: Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. They, they all exactly. came from the same pool.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of Carolina. Yeah.
4: Why Why did Carolina have to trade for Max Domi? I don't know. That's,
1: to give Tony D'Angelo just, a friend. That's
3: what I was <laughs> going to say. That. Oh, man.
1: He can start another podcast. Ugh. I mean, do they want Brendan in
2: like <laughs> I know the you
3: know, trade deadline's tre- 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 over, great, great
2: but great, great idea. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. What were you saying?
3: No, I was just fully agreeing with her. No, I, I like this move by Carolina. If it means you know they gotta reunite Brendan Lemieux out there, I mean they they just <laughs> got it.
2: <laughs> He's tough and gritty. <sighs> yeah.
0: Oh, it, it does. <sighs> yeah, I
4: whatever I. I don't get that trade. I I don't know. I, I I couldn't figure out what Columbus was doing. They traded him away. It I fell well I guess they did all their big fire sale in the summer with getting a King's ransom for Seth Jones and then uh, re signing Zach Worensky. But um the man, it felt a lot like the rich guy a lot richer, especially with Carolina in Florida,
0: mm-hmm. and
4: Claude Giroux going down to Florida oh. for
0: not that great of a return for Philadelphia It was weird
2: seeing him at the podium today behind the pan- or in front of the Panthers whatever background, like that's wrong.
0: Yeah, it is. And I don't know. You, you feel like they're they're going to be very good. Um
4: and they're going to be even better with him playing a middle six role. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, look out. Um Florida I mean, I guess the obvious comparable was the last 2 years Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, it, it was was it the 2002 Red
0: Wings where they just Like looked upon everyone, including Luke Robitaille, at the trade deadline.
3: Was that a a free agent move? I can't remember. That was oh so long ago. Yeah, it was. was Whatever.
2: It's only twenty years, Ryan. Can't you remember back that far?
3: I was. (laughs) We'll just say substantially younger.
2: (laughs) <laughs> all right. Uh, weren't we all? <laughs> um, it was interesting. Um, this guy, he, I think, used to work for the Reign, uh, Jonathan Hawks. He basically said that the Kings should have traded for Kempe. And I know Ryan's been on the trade Kempe train for a while. But I was like, you know, if they could have gotten two second round picks for Kempe, it only mildly actively hurts their team.
0: Oh, as someone who knows
4: John personally, um, yeah, no. Uh, I think all of us have kind of at one point or another been like, "Hey, trade campy, please, <laughs> please."
3: <laughs> value's stop. never been higher.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there, there is absolutely that. I, I mean, whatever mojo he had working through the first half of the year is—it's gone right now. It's gone for that whole line. Um, although Kopitar did, did get back on the board the other night, but I just I don't know, man. It, it I understand having guys in a room, and and Robin, when we talked with Jim Fox about that, you know, like he had friends who were constantly being traded away from the team, and how much that hurt him, and how resentful he became of management. Um, you know, the Kings last year last few years have traded out a lot of guys from the room. And maybe it's just, hey, we can't make one more trade just for everyone's
0: mental mm-hmm. well-being in the room.
2: Yeah, I guess that's fair. Uh, McClellan flat out said that the team uh sucked last year after Carter left because everyone loved Jeff Carter. Because there's no more dry island. <laughs>
0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: He is old and boring and in Pittsburgh now. I feel like if you could go back in time and talk to like 2009 Jeff Carter and be like, hey, bro, guess what? He'd be like.
2: Now he's married and has also like six dogs.
4: That's perfect. (laughs) And no one drinks beer in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Um, No. Also, I'm just so mad they never made that a
3: portmanteau and just called it dryland.
1: Man.
3: That was right there this entire time, and we just now got this.
4: (laughs) (laughs) We're doing the important work on this podcast,
3: guys. Right. Just,
1: you know, (laughs) ten years late.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Me here with my timely references.
0: Okay.
3: Okay.
2: Oh, this, just, this podcast is full of old people now. <laughs>
3: we are so over the board right now. We've been talking about the Kings and Red Wings from 2002. Dry ice oh. references. Oh man,
1: I had to walk uphill both ways in the snow. <laughs> Hey kids, do you know what a VCR is?
3: (laughs) It's a thing that flashes, you know, 12 (laughs) o'clock.
0: I made a whole fort
4: out of free trial for AOL (laughs) series. Oh my god. Okay, alright. We should get back
0: on track here
4: a little bit. Speaking of old people.
0: <laughs>
2: uh. <laughs> back to the current day, kings um so the kings have about 21 million in um ufa money that theoretically is coming off the board uh and then about 11.7 11.8 million just shy of 11.8 million in um rfas we know that they're going to make the playoffs there's 18 games left they only need to go basically 500 I think Anaheim's tragic number is 34 and they've got 60 points 65 points in theory they can make it but it's not very likely because Anaheim traded everyone (laughs) yeah and they'd also have to win out the season
1: and everybody
2: else ahead of them would have to, or multiple teams ahead of them would have to lose. So, not very likely that they're going to make the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I think
4: the Kings have like eight games remaining on the schedule against like Anaheim, <laughs> San Jose, and Seattle.
2: I thought we were done so, with San Jose. Can we? Yeah, you know, still- I
1: think it's, um, it's Chicago. They play like Chicago like oh. two, three times or something.
2: Yeah, oh, that's, they play Seattle two more times at the end of the month and Chicago. So it's Chicago, Seattle, Seattle. And both games against Seattle are at home.
0: Okay. Well, that's
4: that helps the Kings uh, coming down the stretch. I know they end the season playing Anaheim twice. Um, and, sure. man, I who knows? Maybe Evgeny Dadnov keeps the Kings <laughs> from making the playoffs. <laughs>
0: I couldn't even keep a straight face. That's fun.
2: Oh. <laughs> hey, Matthew Kachuk did it once before. Okay, so
4: yeah, yeah. Um, That's but, far more tragic. Yes, <laughs> definitely. But I, I, you know, the playoffs feel like an inevitability. Uh, I mean, you you aren't you aren't going to be surprised if they make the playoffs. I think everyone is going to be surprised if they win the first round,
0: right? <laughs> hmm Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I forgot. Who, maybe I was talking to Sarah. I don't know if I was talking to you, James, or Sarah. Um, I was like, I think they might win a game of the first round, depending on who they play. If they manage to get into the second seed, they would play, at the moment, I think it's Vegas, right? Or is it Edmonton? Right.
4: Well, I think as of today, it's Edmonton. And Edmonton added Brett Kulak. Um, who I think was a good fit for them. Uh, he He's just a stay-at-home defenseman from Montreal.
2: Oh, right. Um, yeah. And goodness
4: knows they need someone to actually stay back on the blue line <laughs> in Edmonton. Because Tyson Berry and Darnell Nurse say, no, thank you.
2: Yeah, um, but they still have Mike Smith and Nico Koskinen as their goaltenders. So Yeah,
4: they sure do. Good luck uh, in well, that. Yeah, yeah they, they have also had a rookie come up in May. Played pretty well for them. Who he might just steal a job or two, and I forget his name right now, and I feel very dumb for bringing it up. But uh, Skinner, um,
1: Stuart Skinner, yes,
4: Stuart Skinner. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, if they if they play Vegas, you kind of know that the cap circumvention of Mark Stone, I and mean, he comes back. Um, now Eichel is hurt again. <laughs> uh, Pete DeBoer is worried about that. Um, so, I, I mean, if you had to pick between the two, I would probably want to face Vegas instead of Edmonton because uh, Conor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are scary. Mm-hmm. But we also know they don't call penalties against Conor McDavid in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so, the key, so Drew Daly can just punch him as much as he wants. and <laughs> has no need to fear a reprisal.
2: Yes, but I like I don't wanna face Vegas because even when Vegas is like matching LA injury for injury and being the walking dead, they can still whoop LA's butt.
0: Yeah.
4: No, you I mean you're right. The recent game definitely confirms that. Um but you know the a game versus a whole series, who knows what could happen. And I don't know. Having Drew Doughty back in the lineup, hopefully, uh, for the playoffs would be a big a big get for the Kings. Sounds like they're worried and are going to be reassessing his injury. Um, it might be a longer-term injury than what they originally thought. And that's why the Kings now have Troy Stetcher. <laughs> Let's go.
2: Yeah, I mean, what, what do you think of the Stetcher trade? You
0: didn't seem overwhelmed by it.
3: I'm sorry, was that to me?
0: You're Ryan, aren't you?
3: I thought you said Sarah for a second. You know, they sound very similar. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They have R's in them. There's A's and R's and other letters. Um, No, I, the choice. Troy, trade, I mean, yeah, that tells you how much I know about him. I don't even know his last name. Um, I I don't know anything about him. I, I really don't, besides the fact that there's a few people in Detroit. I know that were like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. And that was really about it. That's that's my sense of my knowledge of Mr. Troy, stretcher, stretcher, whatever it is.
2: Stetcher, stretcher without the extra R.
3: Either way, I really hope Matt Roy comes back as soon as possible. If not, doubt.
2: And hopefully, yeah. he does no. not have to carry Olimata up and down the ice again.
3: Yeah, I, they they definitely need some help on defense. I mean. Jersey's obviously been a revelation this year, and I've been really impressed with Spence so far. I think he needs to stick around even if, you know, they do get kind of the guys back off the injury list. But, yeah, that left side, um, I know it's only been a couple games, and he's been out for, what, like three months with Alex Hedler. He's looking, like, yeah, pretty rusty. He's looking pretty old by athlete standards. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a concern, I think, is the speed now on defense with some of the veteran guys. They've been getting cooked a couple more times than I think I recall at any earlier point this season where it's just looking a little too flat-footed. But... I, I, I don't know. Maybe he shakes it off. I'm hoping he shakes it off. Um, Maybe if they pair him with
4: an old line mate,
0: mm-hmm. you know, an old
4: D pair partner, things uh. kind of jumpstart that. See, Troy statue is saving the day, guys.
0: He, I
3: mean, he is our savior. If that's what it requires, is going to the Church of Troy, um, <laughs> sign me up. Just the, yeah, I mean, I was with you in the, um I, I much prefer Vegas as a postseason matchup. I think Edmonton's speed is just going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Vegas is still really good, but I don't know. I think the Kings match up a lot better with them than they do Edmonton. Edmonton, I mean, they, they run either really hot or really cold, and... I think that would be the best bet for the Kings if they went up against Edmonton. Just pray for a cold streak because I don't think they beat them in seven games. Vegas, I can see them pulling that off.
2: See, I thought that in 2017 (laughs) (laughs) when (laughs) everyone, Sarah, no, okay, but (laughs) seriously, that series was so painful. Oh, yeah, I scored like four goals in four games. (laughs) So I, I... but to be
4: fair. Every game was a one-goal game. Right, lost by one goal in every single game,
2: (laughs) except for the last one, which I think was like two nothing.
3: Yeah, Yeah, it was a real burn burner. I remember they got shut out, but
2: I'm just look. I'm just a little bit scarred from five. I can't do math. Five years ago, I'm just a little bit reluctant because Vegas got better and deeper, and L.A. got younger. Yeah, but this
1: year half of their team is dead. Also, the only thing that made that series bearable for me was that I was in uh, Cabo with some friends, and so I watched that series basically like drunk the whole time, which made it not as painful, I think, as it would only have been way
3: otherwise. we're in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really I mean, Vegas. I mean. Is anyone else really like kind of weirded out by the fact that on paper they keep getting better, but each year they keep getting worse? It's kind of remarkable. I love it. Yeah, I mean it, it's about time, but it, it's, it's, it's weird.
2: No, but it's, it's they're the Toronto Maple Leafs of the West. I, I, Except they can actually win around. <laughs>
3: oof. There it is. Yep. <laughs>
2: I, I don't mean to poke fun at the Leafs. And yes, I... you do. Oh,
3: yes, you do. We all do it. <laughs> it's fine.
2: All right, maybe I do. I it think
3: with... I heard.
4: I think I heard the clip with maybe it was Brian Burke, where he says, "Yeah, no, I think all the players are pretty much finding out Vegas is a great place to play for six months." <laughs> Spicy. Well, because yeah, well, because then how often do we then see them? look for the next big trade Mm -hmm. or free agent signing and just kind of ignore who they had when they already had a really good team with a really good coach. And yeah, I, I mean, does anyone else kind of keep forgetting that Alex Petrangelo was there?
2: Oh my God. Yes. I genuinely forgot. Also, did they like like,
1: murder Alec Martinez? Like where, where did our boy go?
2: He is injured. I Why? Well, yeah. oh, I hate them. Lower body?
3: Didn't he get a skate to the face earlier this year too? Probably. He yeah, like like fifty stitches or something. That was how kind dare of his, you know, it was now. looks like a Bond villain.
1: His face. Yeah. How dare they?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean you know, it,
0: <laughs>
3: We
4: could say it's the opposite of not or yeah that's the other side of the spectrum of not trading can't be. It's just like on paper, we have to keep maximizing value and keep getting everything as perfect as we can. And man, it can kill the vibe in the room mm-hmm. pretty quickly. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. I am sort of, I, I think we all have the Schadenfreude of watching them struggle down the stretch here. And no one in the NHL outside of Vegas would feel bad if they missed the playoffs.
2: <laughs>
3: It'd be very funny.
2: Oh yeah. It would be funny. Like everyone that I follow on Twitter, they are rooting hard for Vegas to somehow fall up fail out of the playoffs. Like the best thing that ever
1: happened to me, so for anyone who doesn't listening who doesn't know me already, um, I'm in Chicago and I cover the Chicago Wolves in the AHL who for Vegas's first couple seasons of existence, the Wolves were Vegas's AHL affiliate. Um that relationship ended because Vegas even managed to muck that up. Um and now they're with the Hurricanes as their affiliate. The, that was the that change was the best thing that happened to me because it means I don't have irritating Golden Knights fans all up in my Twitter mentions all the time. Um I'm so glad <laughs> that I don't even have to, like, nominally sort of vaguely pay attention to the Vegas Golden Knights anymore. I can ignore their existence. And, like, when prospects from the Wolves now graduate to the NHL, like, I have nothing against the Hurricanes. They they exist. They're kind of fun, whatever. Like, I don't feel weird feelings when their prospects go to the NHL. When, like, Wolves guys went to Vegas, like, Zach Whitecloud, Dylan Coghlan, Nick Hague, all three guys that I covered – in Chicago, just the nicest guys. Like, Zach Whitecloud is the sweetest, like, nicest guy to talk to, has, like, really thoughtful things to say when you're asking him questions about the game, really cool, like, life story, you know, First Nations uh heritage. And, I'm like, I'm like, oh, but I, I, I like you as a person, but I hate your team and I want you to never be happy again. Like, I don't have to have those feelings anymore because Vegas is out of my life entirely.
3: It's nice to have. Yeah. Was there anyone coming up that, you know you hated? It was the flip side of the Zach way? or
0: um,
1: you know, most of their prospects were pretty nice to guys to talk to. The guys who I got like attitude from uh are no longer in this league. Uh they were not guys who like I'll just put it out there. Brandon Peary, not the nicest guy. Um, didn't want to talk to us very much. Like Guess what? I, I don't want to talk to you that much either. But like you know, here we are. <laughs> like the guys that like were fussy and like not pleasant to deal with were guys who did not really have NHL futures. Um, the kids were all really great. Like Cody Glass, super sweet, super polite. Like did the thing where he like shakes your hand, repeats your name back to you, so he remembers it. I was like, someone trained this boy very well. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, Zach Whitecloud famously had the opportunity as a college free agent to sign with the LA Kings, and it seemed like it was trending that way, and then he decided to Vegas at the last moment. Unforgettable. Yeah, he should be a king. (laughs) Got (laughs) it.
2: Hey, speaking of, (laughs) uh, did did the Kings just sign an NCAA free agent?
4: Yeah. They did. He 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 is on an... Ato with Ontario. Um, he's also the son of a former king, and I'm forgetting uh, his name right now.
1: His name is Taylor Ward, and the only reason I remember it is because there's a base, a, a, an Angels baseball player, I believe, also named Taylor Ward, and there's a guy who's a podcaster who used to cover the Angels named Taylor Blake Ward, and I was like, how are there three of you?
2: <laughs> I love your memory sometimes. Surprise.
4: Girl. It's
3: all the same guy.
2: (laughs) I actually wouldn't be surprised.
3: (laughs) I can't get on anyone for having the same name as other people, because, yeah, you know. (laughs) At least you don't
4: have the same name as a former head of the CIA who authorized torturing people.
3: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We all got a weird, you know, doppelganger out there problems.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Name-wise, apparently there is an actor named Ryan Dunn, and he was on uh, SVU. There's
3: another
0: Ryan Dunn? Yeah. Oh, man.
4: More Ryan Dunns.
3: <laughs> I had to My- the last one.
1: <laughs> My favorite accidental name uh, intersection that I learned um, in the worst possible way was learning that there are porn stars named both Justin Williams and Alec Martinez. I oh learned this God. by Googling once to get pictures of Justin Williams and Alec <laughs> Martinez, the Kings players. Uh-huh. And then um, your mom because, walked in the room and you, you actually no, out
4: the window really fast.
1: I legit Googled it at work. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and oh. just, like <laughs> Quickly just working? tabbed away. <laughs> like just k- shut the computer down. It's fine. <laughs> Was this
2: on your work computer? Yes. Oh, I didn't I, expect pornography. I expected hockey men. I I think that goes against HR regulations. I don't know, you're the expert here. You yeah, put- I,
1: I, I had to have a talk with myself about porn at work. Fortunately, this was the job that wasn't using gov this is my old job where it wasn't government equipment. Oh if God. it was my current job, I'm pretty sure like the FBI would have been in my home or something to be like, ma'am. That is a government computer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't sound like Tiny Tyler on your computer, okay?
1: (laughs) Anyway, I've failed us again. I'm sorry. I just thought people needed to know that.
4: This is all very fun, good podcasting. Um, And, yeah, uh, just bringing it back once again to Trade Deadline Day. Um, Is anyone surprised that – San Jose added a goalies, so they now have three goalies?
2: No. Are any of them good? No. Well, <laughs> well is Reimer?
4: What happened with that? that?
2: Well, they tried to kill James Reimer because apparently Aiden Hill was either hurt or sucked earlier. And oh. then um who uh, Sachenko wasn't ready yet. Um and then they had somebody else. I forgot who else it was when before Sachenko came up. And and then they hit,
4: added Kakanen from Minnesota today. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: what? Is, so the goalie, uh, I forgot who it was. Mike some, the 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 guy, the goalie guy. He's recently retired. He's on Twitter all the time, and he's like, "Look, to put it bluntly, Kakonen has a lot of potential, but he sucks." <laughs> is that the potential oh,
3: is that Mike to McKenna? suck, or like, what did you say, Ryan? I was just wondering if it was like, does he have potential to suck? then or like this is just like a really and that's a rough assessment Oof, yeah
2: no he says that either um he's not listening to his goalie coach or like he like there's something wrong like mentally or something with him i forgot what it was
4: a goalie having something mentally wrong with
3: them yeah. why I never hey wait a minute <laughs>
1: Kakanen was really good at the AHL level. Like, I saw him all the time with the Iowa Wild, and I was like, this kid's just, like, murdering every team he plays. And it seems like something has just gone awry in the transition to the NHL. Um, but, yeah, goalies being weird about stuff, who knows? Unheard That's new to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, so basically, the Kakinen is not living up to his potential right now. And so, oh, it's Mike McKenna. In. I'll be blunt. Yeah. With his natural ability, he should be performing at a higher, more consistent rate than he's currently shown. I haven't seen his game change much from a technical standpoint, so he's either not lo- listening to goalie coaching or he can't change.
3: Well, if mm-hmm. he's going to be in San Jose not listening to a goalie coach, might be a better career move. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who the goalie coach is. He's probably going to find me in like, you know. Beat the hell out of me, and it'll probably be warranted. But <laughs> I'm, I just look at the track record there; it's it's been brutal. Absolutely. Yeah, good. Ever yeah. since
2: they got rid of, um, well, he the got. Yeah. yeah
4: the the I can't believe you read
2: my mind on that, Ryan. Isn't he? Doesn't he? Like, isn't he? I
4: don't
1: know if he's the goalie coach, but I feel like he does something goalie for the team now. I, I don't know, but
3: worst, I uh, mean, there would be the one true San Jose goalie. <laughs>
2: I feel like he would, like, if he came out of retirement and played for San Jose right now, they could not do worse than him.
0: Couldn't be worse than him. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. The end of the line there. (laughs) Martin
4: Jones is rough. Um, Also, is any, okay, for weird San Jose but Philly tangents, um, I kind of thought the Kings would have taken a look at Justin Braun from Philadelphia, especially with his connection to Todd McClellan. And instead he Uh goes, he ends up going to the Rangers for a very reasonable fourth round pick.
2: Yeah. That's all it was.
0: Man,
4: I think so.
2: I mean, there's a lot at play here with the Kings having, what was it? Uh, 12 RFAs. It was 13 before Lazat. And then they have seven UFAs to deal with. And then now you're trying to juggle the trade deadline. So I I feel like the team is going in a direction where they want to be, where they want to try to build from within the house. So they're, they're going to look in-house for solutions. And this is what Dean Lombardi said back in like 2013, 2014. They said, well, I guess Dean Lombardi was lying in 2014, but he said, we're, he said, we're not going to go out and make the big trade. We have to look in house. And then he went out and got Marion Gabbard for like a steal.
1: The Minnesota wild just said oh. that about their goaltending issue. And then they got Marc-Andre Fleury. So I just don't believe it. Ever. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Never
4: yeah uh, and, sorry. It was a third round pick, which I still thought was reasonable. That's still worth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: But like I said, Um, I I think it just comes down to trying to fix the solutions in-house and then kind of reassessing where they're at in the summer because this has been such a weird year.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it'd be fun to get a lot of these young guys uh, some playoff experience. Yep. Um, You know, it kind of feels a little bit like – was it the twenty two thousand nine two thousand ten season where they finally made the playoffs again, and were promptly and viciously dispatched <laughs> by Vancouver?
2: Yeah.
4: And mm-hmm. then yeah, the following year they lose to San Jose in the first round. Jared Stoll gets suspended. Kiss in that series, wow, wasn't
2: it? The Revlon round. Joe Thornton Maybe. blowing a kiss at center ice. Oh yeah! Yeah!
0: Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Yeah. No,
4: and, and and then 2012, everything clicked. And again, not every hockey team has the same exact trajectory because the Tampa Bay Lightning went from getting swept in the first round to then winning the Stanley Cup.
2: Well, it was um, more of an anomaly.
4: No, the Blue Jackets are the best hockey team ever.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like the Blue Jackets were a real crappy team and then Tampa just also kind of did not show up to that series. I think they kept expecting things to automatically go right for them. And the- yeah.
0: It- no, definitely. But, I mean, you know, uh,
4: I think the point I'm trying to get at is, as King fans, we are all excited that they are going to be in the playoffs, and we don't expect them to have to do much. <laughs>
2: Just score. <laughs> I just want a few goals. I'm more than one per right. Game. Like one win, one like? win. I'll take one win. Uh, I would prefer four, but I right. let's, let's start with one. And and if they get one, maybe they can get two. I'm not going to be greedy and ask for four. But you know, you know, one to two wins would be nice.
4: I mean, if you. Get out of the first round, high Colorado or Calgary. <laughs> right, like balls. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they scored. I think uh, they 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 have managed to score one goal against Colorado this year mm. in two games and allowed eight eight, eight eight no seven seven goals against. So um, I
4: think that Colorado team might be
3: kind of good.
2: Mm, maybe
3: they just keep getting better too. <sighs> yeah. Uh, And it's a murderous throw
2: in the East, too. Oh,
4: I know. That whole Uh, division.
2: Colorado is just going to be massacred, and then the East is, like, whoever comes out of the East for the Stanley Cup final is just Colorado versus that Eastern Conference team. It's going to be a shit show.
1: I've been (laughs) picking Colorado to win for, like, three years now, and so I, I I, I need them to do it just so I can stop picking them.
2: No, but see, I need Tampa to repeat just to piss everybody off. Ugh.
4: <laughs> I'm so over them. Um, hey, uh, speaking of of weird, um, no one brought up weird. I don't know. I'm sorry. I was trying to segue. Uh, I've been saying weird a lot tonight. Yeah. Did anyone <laughs> see that very strange trade that St. Louis made where they traded Oscar Sundquist, another player in a pick? To Detroit for Luke Wachowski and Nick Letty?
2: Yeah, they got Eisverman. It's beautiful.
0: <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> obviously, Sunquist has been dealing with some injuries, but
0: man, that seems that, strange. That's the um, but Troy Setcher does have a very, very good dog. He
2: does. Yeah. We'll talk Her about the potty Her name's Phoebe. Yeah. She's a burner. <laughs> She's a Bernese Mountain Dog, and she's mm-hmm. so cute. She has her own Instagram. Sarah, what's oh, her Instagram?
1: Um, as all good dogs should, um, her Instagram is called Phoebe the Bernese, P-H-O-E-B-E, the Bernese. Or you can just look up Troy Stetcher's Instagram and just click on any of his pictures of his dog. Um, in one of them, she's wearing a very cute bandana.
2: Adorable. I love it. We can always use more players with dogs.
1: Also, like, Troy Setcher's a small boy, so I bet his dog is probably, like, roughly the same size as him.
2: Oh, speaking of stuff, <laughs> uh, Bark Madness. Sorry, I had to bring it up. Uh, Gustl, unseated as champion.
0: Who ended up winning? Wow.
2: I think it was, it's, It came down to Lucy's uh, – uh, I mean, Quentin Byfield's dog, Lucy uh, – sorry, Mikey Anderson's dog, Lucy – and um, uh, Quentin Byfield's dog, whose name I'm looking up right now, and I can't remember. See, the thing that concerns
1: me is what I have called the Bark Madness Curse, (laughs) because other than Gustl, like, most of the winners have ended up being traded away. Like, Meatball Luff won the other year. Matt Luff isn't here anymore. Um, I think, like, you know, the Dodger Foley, I think, won at one point. Or, like, at like, if you go back and look at the history of Bark Madness winners, most of them have been yeeted off the team. So <laughs> I'm concerned.
2: Yes, but Goosel has not left us yet, Sarah.
1: Because like, Goosel's like the OG. Maybe it's Goosel's curse. Like, Goosel's <laughs> like, every year that I don't win, I now hex you, Matt Luff.
2: Yes. That's, that's exactly it. Goosel is a little secretly jealous.
1: <laughs> Goosel's a secret magician.
2: <laughs> anyway, thank you all, and uh, have a good night, and good luck to the kings on this journey forward.
0: Bye. hee <laughs>
2: Hello to your fellow FBI agents. Hi Craig. Howdy. Missed you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think I unmuted myself. Okay.
2: Yay! Ryan's back. We're just starting. Okay. Oh, fucking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Like this is my... music now. <laughs> this is actually the intro music that James um made for him and I, and I just use it for everything because i'm I'm lazy and it's fair. it's there. fair. Uh, anyway, I'm just using um GarageBand as my backup because I canceled my Adobe subscription because I was like I never use Adobe anymore. but then I forgot that I use Adobe Audition for my podcast, but that's okay. But nobody's interested in that. Let's get started. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Crown Conversations, a very special roundtable party trade deadline edition. Joining me today, as usual, my co-host James, James Nicholas.